Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg, and you just entered the database. For today's issue, we are going to talk about Lashon Hara. We're not going to speak Lashon Hara, but we will talk about Lashon Hara, as this past week's parshios were Tazria and Mitzorah, which overwhelmingly discussed Tzara'as, the spiritual quote-unquote leprosy, the skin malady, which Chazal teach us is most associated with the Avera of Lashon Hara. The Gemara in Arach and Tazvav of Mebeis, and there is a Vayikra Rabbah, Yudzayin Gimel, and the Tanchuma Hey on these parshios. They give a whole slew of Averos and Bad Midos that are associated with Lashon Hara, that they can all be the cause of Lashon Hara. And we have among them some of the most egregious Averos, including the three cardinal sins, uh, the big three, Gileras, Shvichas Damim, and Avodazara, which can all cause Tzara'as, among other antisocial behaviors, but it seems that Lashon Hara has been given the most prominence. There might be more than one reason for that, but I wanted to discuss the issue of Lashon Hara and why it is nowadays, and really all generations, um, certainly today, if not uh, more now today than ever, why we struggle with Lashon Hara and what we could possibly do about it, drawing in um, some inspiration from our parashios. Before we do that, I wanted to just first acknowledge our sponsors, Firstly, Liuli Nishmas, Shmuel Menachem, and Ayyeleb, and Leah Bas Avraham, who's Neshama Shahav and Aliyah. So thank you for the sponsorship to Anonymous. And our second time sponsors, Yona and Chani Laster. Thank you guys so much. Anyone else who wants to donate for the purposes of the Harbatzas Torah that we do here, just reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data, then base, B-E-I-S, at gmail.com. You can make your sponsorship today with any dedication that you have in mind. And with that, let's go back into the topic of Tzara'as and Lashon Hara. Now, in terms of why um, Tzara'as is most associated with Lashon Hara, it could be one of the main examples is that we don't have Tzara'as actually appearing on a person so many times in Tanakh. And the two times that we have it in the Chamisha Chumshei Torah is on Moshe Rabbeinu and his sister, Miriam Hanaviah, Moshe Rabbeinu, after speaking ill about Klal Yisrael in Parsha Shemos, and Miriam speaking badly about her brother, Moshe Rabbeinu, even with all the best intentions that she might have had. But um, she also, in the end of Parsha's Baha'u is afflicted with Tzara'as, which tells us a bit about this association. You know, we spoke about... Um, the you know the, the the idea of an apparent um, um, you know, association, even though the chumash does not say it outright, right? Nowhere in the parshios of Tzara'as, Tazriyam Mitzorah, do we find it stated explicitly that lashon hara causes Tzara'as or any of the various averos caused tzaras. All we hear about is the manifestation of the tzaras itself. We hear about the impurity that's associated with it. We hear about the procedure for treating it. But we don't hear anything explicitly about why tzaras is associated with Lashon Hara. We just have these stories of Moshe and Miriam. Maybe, you know, we have from our tradition that the idea of that he's called a mitzorah, the individual who is spiritually afflicted um, with this tzaras, physically afflicted also, so the, the word Mitzor can be understood as, as an abbreviation um, for Motsi Shemra, or Motsi Ra, Mitzorah, because he brings about an evil a report about another person ruining their reputation. But that's as much as we get. We don't have any Averus that are listed in the Chumash, and it kind of makes you wonder why, if, we're, if we are so strong on assuming that Saras is a response, a divine response to 
negative behavior, to violations of Hashem's Ratzon, to bad Midos, so why wouldn't the Chumash state explicitly? So I think there's an important answer to this question. And part of understanding this, I want to turn to another question that we find in terms of the Mitzorah. And that is part of his Tahara process. Um, he has to actually bring two birds. And the birds are associated with Lashon Hara, the chirping of the birds. And a basic question that my brother of Daniel asked is why it is that we have the Mitzorah bringing a, an offering and engaging in a ritual using birds if we know from other sources that the snake, the serpent, is the icon of Lashon Hara. For example, Parsha Chukas, when B'nai Shal complain against Hashem, Hashem responds in kind, says the Midrash, by sending a swarm of venomous serpents against them because the serpent, the primordial serpent, spoke slander against Hashem. And the snake represents that sharpness of the tongue, using your tongue as a word to whisper a bad word of Lashon Hara into someone else's ear and to ruin someone else's reputation, the maliciousness of that snake, he's usually associated with Lashon Hara. And why exactly we don't find that when it comes to the Mitzora, we don't find the snake anywhere in this avoda. And maybe you, some, you might answer that the snake is, is not an animal that can ever be qualified for a carbon. We don't find, um, you know, most, most rituals don't contain a non-kosher animal. You have, every now and then, you, you do have one. But um, an answer which really speaks to Lashon Hara. Um, so two answers that we're going to explain. So my brother explained that the chirping of the birds represents the Koach Hadibor, which could always have been used for the ideal purpose the optimal purpose, to sing praises to Hashem, you know, to sing praises of someone else, to give compliments maybe. But the point is, that Koach Hadibur could have always been used for good. And you just took it and you soiled it, you used it for something bad. And the point is that that Mida, that, that Koach, can be rectified and used in the right way. And it's the, the, the shame is, and the guilt is that, that in fact he didn't. But the second part of the answer that I wanted to focus on, which is really my best understanding of why birds are used in this, in this ritual, is that the Lashon Hara that we speak, the Lashon Hara that we most encounter all the time, is not Lashon Hara of the snake, where you're whispering in someone's ear because you have a negative word that you maliciously want to use against someone else to kill a guy's reputation, to harm someone, to create division, all these things can take place. But the Lashon Hara that we speak all the time is Lashon Hara that we do casually, naturally. Common, basic conversation, just like birds chirping. We do it without even thinking. We do it without even noticing that we've done it. And part of this is because, although we all know that Lashon Hara is bad, we are not all holding on the level that we actually believe that Lashon Hara is completely unacceptable and intolerable. And I'm going to say that again because this is the most important part. We know and can admit that Lashon Hara is bad, but we don't all live as though Lashon Hara is completely unacceptable. Because we casually talk about other people and say things that can be seen in a negative light, or maybe things that we intend, even if we don't want to ruin the reputation necessarily, but just because you come home and something happened at shul, you know something about a guy who is being fired from a job, maybe, maybe um, there's a rabbi that's getting fired from a shul and there's politics, or maybe the rabbi said something, 
or maybe you know you're, you're, you're the boss in your workplace who's a yid, or, or it's your landlord who who's who's engaging in not kosher behavior. Maybe it's maybe it's a sect of Jews. Right, lashon hara is not limited to individuals. People, we, we think that we lessen it by by talking about crowds of people or communities of people. You actually expand it, um, right? And you see, so you're trading all of your um, your mitzvos for their averos. You know, it's it's good bank for them. But we do this casually. We do this all the time, like birds chirping. And why why do we struggle so much with lashon hara? It's because we don't even think about it. And this, this is really what the Mitzorah is supposed to go through when he, when, when he is engaging in all the procedures he must engage in, from the quarantine to the, the, the objects that he has to offer. Why does the Chumash not tell us which Averos cause Lashanhara? Sorry, which cause Tzara'as? Why doesn't it say? Just tell us. The answer is that Saras is not a roadmap. It's not a guidebook. You know what the roadmap and guidebook is? The Torah is the roadmap and guidebook. Saras is a trigger. It's an alarm. It's a compass. You could think of it as maybe a moral compass. Yeah, the pun was intended. A moral compass. And it tells us if we're going in the right direction or not. It's not going to tell us what you did wrong. Right? It's interesting. It's like, guess what you did wrong. That's literally the point of Tzara'as. Hashem's not going to strike us with lightning every time we do something wrong. You, at some point, Tzara'as comes. Maybe, you're, maybe, maybe it's not Tzara'as. Maybe you, you're, you're suffering from something. Maybe your mouth. Maybe, maybe you have an ailment in your mouth of some sort. Right? We could take lessons and, and, and take a message from anything in life. And Hashem just sends us a message. And He's not telling us what it is, but He's saying, I want you to figure it out. Because what's the point of Tzara'as? What's the point of what the Mitzvah goes through? The whole point is Cheshbon HaNefesh. Think about what you might have done. We're not telling you. Figure it out. What bad midah are you displaying? What, what is unresolved? What Avera have you not completely fixed? The proof, by the way, even though the Chumash does not say it straight out, is in the fact that the Chumash tells us what is the Mitzvah supposed to do? Yashav Badod. He sits by himself. Why is that significant? Well, actually, if you look in Pirkei Avos, and if you have the minog of learning Pirkei Avos at this time of the year during Sefiras Omer, so actually you find in the third parak, which would be this week's parak, the Chumash tells us, sorry, the, the Mishnah tells us, One person, not, not a whole group of people, let's say even one person who sits and engages in Torah, that Hashem designates Reward for him, Shina Emar, a Pasuk in Eicha, in Parak Gimel, Pasuk Chaf Ches, 28, Yeshev Badad. He should sit by himself, V'yidom, and be silent, Hinatala love. And he's going to be able to take reward unto himself. But what's the, that, that Lashon? Yeshev Badad, he sits by himself. What does that sound like? It sounds like the Mitzorah. And what does he do? V'yidom, and he's finally silent. Something that he was not before. It's interesting. What, and what, is the, what does the Mishnah call this? The Mishnah calls this Torah learning. Sitting by yourself silently and just in meditation. What is the Mitzvah supposed to be doing? His Cheshman Nefesh is his Torah learning. It's actually fascinating. My Rebbe Rav Yonason Sachs points out that the Mitzvah 
has parallels to an Ovel in Halacha. You find this reflected in the Lushan of the Rambam, that the Mitzurah is like an Ovel. There are a lot of things that they have in common. Covering their head, not shaving. But there's more. In fact, what's more stark is what they have in contrast to one another. Says Rav Sachs, unlike the Mitzurah, the Avel, when it comes to Yom Tov, the Simcha of Yom Tov pushes away his Avelos. Why? Because the Asei Deravim comes and is Doche, the, 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 the Yachid's mourning. The Yachid, the individual has a, has a command to be mourning, but because of his chilek in the community, he has to stop mourning when it comes to Simchas Yom Tov. This is not so by the Mitzorah. The Mitzorah does not have the chilek in the community because he engaged in an antisocial behavior. He does not rejoice with them, but he continues to mourn. That's one point of contrast. The other point of contrast is that an Avel does not engage in the the pristine act of Talmud Torah. Why? Because Bekudah Hashem Yishar Misam Chelev. The mitzvahs of Hashem are straight and they gladden the heart. The Mitzorah cannot engage, sorry, the Avel cannot engage in that. But the Mitzorah, when he's Yashav Badad, when he sits by himself, that's Dafka what he has to do. The Cheshban Nefesh, to figure out what he did wrong. If you don't know what you did wrong, learn the Torah and figure out what you did wrong. Figure out where, where, where you're off. Maybe you'll find somewhere in this week's parsha, in Achrimos and Kedoshim, in, in Parshas Kedoshim, we find Loselich Rachel Bialmecha happens to be the source in this week's parsha for Lashon Hara. It's not in Tazriel Mitzorah, it's in Kedoshim. Loselich Rachel Bialmecha, someone who just goes around peddling information. Oh, the news, you know, here's, here's what I heard today, here's what happened at Shul. Come home to your spouse and just spew everything because we, for some reason we think that speaking to our spouse is, 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 is an excuse for, for saying Lashon Hara. Which, by the way, it's not. Lashon Hara is pretty sticky. And why exactly does the Mitzorah engage in this mourning process? Who is he mourning for? My Rebbe of Yonason Sachs explains that the Mitzorah is mourning for himself. Why? Because he does not have a chilek in the community. There's no one mourning for him. Right? actually reminds us of the beginning of Eicha, which has the same words. Eichva yashva badad. Right? But what's that Lashon, Yeshva Badad? Yeshva Badad, which means that, he, that the city of Yerushalayim sits by herself. And as Yirmiyahu writes in Eicha, Ein la menachem, there's no one comforting her. There's no one mourning for her. Why? Why is there no one comforting her? Because everyone's in Galas, everyone's not there. Everyone's gone. And when it comes to the Mitzorah, that's exactly what he's engaged in. He's in an exile. To do what? Hopefully to learn Torah and figure out where he went wrong. But this is the contrast to the birds who just chirp away, not thinking about what they're doing. The whole point of the Mitzorah is literally think about it, figure it out, right? Not to be like the chirping of the birds that maybe you hear in the background of this recording. We, we don't just do things casually. We don't like to walk on eggshells and be careful with our words. We don't like to be limited. And speaking is one of the things that we do most naturally. But maybe part of our Torah ideal, maybe our requirement is maybe to walk on eggshells. Maybe it's to not talk about people. Maybe it's to think twice. Even if we're an extrovert, even if we really can't help it, even if it's, it's just casual. Right? 
there are things that we do casually. The Mesil Sisharim, Perak Yodalaf, in the chapter of Nikias, talks about all the Averis that we just walk on. It's not because we're malicious. Never. But we just do it casually. You know, walking in front of someone who's davening Shimon Esrei is something that we do casually, but it's us, sir. Or they say about Rav Moshe Feinstein, if someone was davening Shimon Esrei, there was nothing you could do to get him to walk in front of that person, even if there was an emergency. I think there's a story where he was missing a flight. But if there's a guy davening Shimon Esrei, that, that Dalad Amos in front of him, it's like a wall. Couldn't cross it. And maybe that's the kind of sensitivity that we're supposed to develop. Certainly in the area of Lashon Hara. Certainly in, 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 the, in areas where whether or not you intend it, you can create a rift in just moments, whether it's on social media, whether it's through a text message or a WhatsApp message or an email or just a phone call, casual conversation, shaduchim, education, right, talking about students, right? Like, you know, we, we find all these heterim, and you know, heterim exist. I'm doing a litoelis. Do we know the halachos of litoelis? Do we know that there's a whole chapter on this in, in, uh, in the Chavetz Chaim Shemir HaTalashon? Or if, you, if that's too intense, you can do a lesson a day. But the point is, these things exist. And if we're not thinking about it, of course we're speaking Lashon Hara. The whole point is to be like a Mitsoro, that we have to actually stop, sit down, and think about it. And maybe after this recording, you take a few minutes and think about how, um, you know, how much do I talk about people? And where is it coming from? Is it coming from animus? Is it coming just because, even if it's not animus, it's casual, but it's still us, sir. We have to stop acting casual. Right? The, the Torah way is not a way of just acting casually. We, we like to kick back and relax and not have to worry about things, but that's not the Torah way. The Torah way is to be conscious. It's to be thinking at mindful people. And birds, they chirp without thinking about it, right? But we have a ruach memalala, right? A nefesh chaya, right? Unculus on that pasuk in Bereshis, that we have a nefesh chaya. It says a ruach memalala. It means a speaking spirit. But that does not just mean that we speak mindlessly, but we speak mindfully. It means that speaking is a, is a big, big responsibility. Hashem gave us this koach, not just that we could be like birds and just chirp along and, and, and Twitter all day. It's so that we can think about how we use our speech. And that means that there's a time not to speak. It means that there's a time that we have to say, before we, you know, before we come home and say what our boss did or what our landlord did, before we say it to our, to our fellow tenants, or before we say something about the rabbi's speech or about the achazin who daven for the amud. Before we say something about that individual, maybe, maybe it's going to be better left unsaid, like many things. Maybe this might cause a fight. Maybe this is just usher to say. Maybe I was told this in confidence and it's no one else's business. Even your own spouse Again, having a spouse is not an excuse to just say whatever, whatever you want about other people. We have to be conscious. And by the way, I'm, I'm not talking to anyone with the exclusion of myself. Absolutely not. This is something that we all have to deal with. But it takes the sensitivity of just consciousness. Consciousness means that you're thinking about it. And sometimes it means you need to, you need to sit on it. But the reason we struggle with it is just because we do it without thinking. And if the answer is, wow, I better start thinking, it means, yeah, incorporating a time where you do walk on eggshells. If it's that hour a day that you decide you're not going to speak Lashon Hara, maybe you're going to start a limud in Chavetz Chaim a lesson a day. You know, these things do exist. But 
if you, if you, if you just go along with it, you know, it, it's, it's just not worth it. The Chafetz Chaim tells us, we know the famous mushal where the guy came to him trying to get uh, kapara or trying to figure out how to do tshuva for Lashon Hara. We all know the mushal. He takes a pillow, he, he rips it up and throws all the feathers all over the place and says, I want you to go, go retrieve each feather. And that's what it means, you know, to, to, you, you can't just take back the speech. Right, uh, I, I just heard it uh, in the school I work and a student was talking about things that you write on social media. His mother said it's like a tattoo. You can't take it off. And we just tattoo each other with Lashon Haran. Sometimes we tattoo ourselves with, with, with stupid things that we should never be saying anywhere. But this happens in all walks of life, all sects. It happens in all areas. And the casualness of it is not going to be an excuse. That, that is ha-ha-gufa the problem. That is the problem. And Hashem is not going to, in this world, Hashem is not going to track us down and make us do something about it. That's something that if you care, then you're going to do something about it. And it means you have to learn the halachos, right? Yashav Badad. Learn the halachos, learn the Torah, engage in the process, engage in the cheshbon and nefesh. That's the only way. There, 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 there's, no, there's no easy fix. There are no shortcuts to this. That's the scary part of it. You just got to sit down, learn the halachos, do what you want us. You think it's important to speak Lashon Harlot Toelas? So, you know, speak to a Rav, maybe, before you say what you need to say. And do it without using a name, maybe. There's so many precautionary things we can do if we think it's important to say. But to just be casual about it, that's, that, that, that's not going to be an excuse. And, you know, it, it would be scary to be, you know, that, to, that we would have to be responsible for that. So, you know, again, there, there, there are no easy answers. But life's not really easy, and we have a responsibility. So, you know, if it, if it means maybe taking a few minutes now and doing a cheshman and nefesh, I think maybe I'll do it myself. Maybe it means learning a little bit about the halachos. Maybe it just means, you know, thinking twice before you say something, which, again, is easier said than done. But you come home, and, you know, and, and your spouse asks you about your day, or your parents ask you about your day. So be careful how you report. You know, something as simple as that. That, that. that should be like a cue. That should be an alarm. How was your day? Think about how you're going to answer that question. Something that's so simple. And, you know, and, and it'll, take, it'll take you a long way to think twice before whatever you're going to say. If it's ever about a person, ever, if it's ever about a person, how you're going to say it. And although there's infinitely more to say on this topic, I think that takes us through, at least for now. So keep it real. And in this case, I would say don't keep on talking. And that is because we need to keep the Torah. And sometimes the Torah, often more than not, requires us not to talk. But that's about it. So keep it real, don't necessarily keep talking, and keep the Torah. Thanks for joining us here at The Database.